The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the raw and uncensored Ambitious Podcast. I'm your host, the original HBIC, Katie Boyd. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh yeah, boy, here I am, the HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. Yes. So today's Ambitious Podcast is all about relationships, and the title is Eight Toxic People to Bring to the Dump. <laughs> this, this is going to be a good one, let me tell you that right now. So just a reminder that each week we'll be speaking on what I like to call the six life makers or breakers. So I'll just remind you briefly to get you back up to speed. So the six life makers or breakers are, number one, wealth, abundance, money mindset, and investing. Number two, health, nutrition, and overall wellness. Number three, feelings and emotions and fierce boundaries. Number four, relationships, the good, the bad, and the toxic. Number five, your environment. Are you Pinterest perfect or are you an episode of Hoarders and why and how to change it? And number six, my favorite, non-negotiable spiritual practices. And because we do not have any ads on the Ambitious Podcast, my only exchange of energy is that if you feel like you gained a lot of value from listening to this, please bring at least one other listener on each podcast episode, a friend, a family member, or maybe even someone who annoys the fuck out of you that you think may get a picture from one of my messages. So please share this on Facebook, Instagram, tag me on your Instagram stories, give it five stars and a rock and review. And the better the written reviews, the more people that the ambitious movement will touch. And if you have the hairy wrinkled balls to give ambitious a bad review, I just want to remind you that I warned you in episode one that if you take shit personally, are small-minded and part of the zombie apocalypse that is the world today, or you do not appreciate my fucking language, you need to stop listening right now, go into a dark room, light a candle, and go fuck yourself. If you already have reviewed Ambitious and gave it five stars, I thank you from the bottom of my little black heart. And if you go to www.kbmfc.com and you sign up for my free newsletter, not only will you receive a free workout plan, free meal plans, recipes, and inspiration, you will also receive a chance to win a $200 keto starter kit from Ancient Nutrition. And every month we will be doing that giveaway. So onwards and upwards, people. Today is all about relationships, the good, the bad, and the toxic. Everyone looking at me right now in this live studio audience is literally on the edge of their cooters. They're literally, half, half their taint is on their seats. And ha- is it a grundle or a taint? What is it? Like when it's a woman's? Oh, both. Okay. Whatever you want to do. Some, whatever. I'm just going to let you have a grundle taint. Whatever. <laughs> so eight toxic people to bring to the dump. 
And I want to always start out with a quote because I just like love quotes. I just think they're good little sound bites or little snippets. You can take them wherever you go. And Mandy Hale once said, toxic people pollute everything around them. Don't hesitate to fumigate. Oh, isn't that good? Because they're like fucking cockroaches. That's the problem. Mine. <laughs> That's my best Scarface impersonation for the day. So I always say, if you're struggling with depression, before you go to a therapist or you think you need fucking mood stabilizers, look around and see if you are surrounded by a bunch of winky assholes. Okay? And here are the eight toxic people to get rid of. So number one, and I know that you're going to be, wherever you are right now consuming this podcast, whether it's driving or at the gym or wherever, I know that you're going to be just like shaking your head because I know each and every one of you right now know at least eight of these people. <laughs> so number one, those who criticize you and other people, don't you just fucking hate those type of people? It's like, look in the mirror at your motherfucking self. What the hell have you accomplished today other than brushing your teeth and taking a shit? Okay. Number two, those who ooze negativity. I always call it the swamp of sadness. And you're a, if you were an 80s kid and you watched that movie, Never Ending Story, remember when Atreyu was in the swamp of sadness with the horse and the horse fucking drowned in the mud? Literally, that made me clinically depressed when I was like six for like until I was 13. Seriously. So those are those type of people. They are the swamp of fucking sadness. Number three, time wasters. Dude, nothing gets my labia more twisted than people who try to waste my time. Let's be honest. Like all these people reach out to me on Facebook. They're like, you don't know me, but I'm ready to make a change. Like, will you train me? Will you coach me? Will you do this? And then like the next day I like email them back and they're just like, just kidding. I just had a moment of that mood and now I'm over it and I'm back to my mediocre motherfucking self. I'm like, good, sit in that shit and marinate, bitch. And number four, jealous. People who are jealous, actually, it's an illness, it's a sickness. And I always say, if you're jealous, get well soon, motherfucker, okay? Because jealousy is an actual sickness. Number five is victim mentality. It's everyone else's fault. Pointing fingers is everyone else. It's everyone else's fault that I'm not rich. It's everyone else's fault that I'm fat. It's everyone else's fault that I haven't got laid since Carter was in office. Okay? No, it's your own damn fault. Number six, people who just don't give a fuck. Like those people who really like just don't care. They don't care if they hurt your feelings. They don't care if they step on your toes. They don't care. They just don't care. They give a fuck about themselves because they're narcissistic pricks, but they don't give a fuck about you or anyone else. Number seven, self-centered. And number eight, people who always let you down. Like it's those people who you just need them and they, you know, cancel 20 minutes before you have a lunch date and you just like, we're looking so forward to like hanging with them, talking to them. Or if you have a party at your house and people tell you that, and Jill's looking at me like, oh no, I don't know anything about that. When you have a party at your house to, you know, launch your business and all the people who you think are your people are supposed to show up and then they don't come. They don't even call. They just no show. But you remember the people that are meant to be there always are there. So don't forget that. So those are the eight toxic people to bring to the dump right now, and I'm going to teach you how to get rid of them. Are you guys ready? Okay, let's do this. All right, number one, establish boundaries. We, especially as women, because men really don't have this bit bad of a problem with this. Like, some of them do, but this is a really a woman thing. Sean is, like, raising his hand back there. Yes, Sean, you're lumped in with us ambitious girls over here. Um, you need to establish boundaries. Remember, we teach people how to treat us. So if people aren't treating you the way that you want to be treated, whose fault is it? 
I know. I know it's yours. It's crazy. We get so mad about the way that people treat us, but we are the jackasses. Sorry to say, but we are the ones allowing all of this tomfoolery and bamboozlement, right? So establish boundaries. Know how you want to be treated. If you don't know what your standards are in life, people are going to treat you however the hell that you, they see you, right? So you have to establish the boundaries. Number two, don't try to change them. This is like a total waste of time. I can't tell you how many years of my life that I have spent trying to change family members or friends or fix fucking broken ass relationships that were literally doomed from the start. You know, you meet a dude and you're like, oh, he's a fixer upper. Where the fuck did we, when did this happen to us? Like, when did we think like, oh, I need to like take in all the stray dogs that have like broken tails and like one eye. That is not your job. You are not the MSPCA, okay? Like, let's be honest. You know, I used to always try to make people see the light and then because I'm a sick fuck Aquarius, I would like try to manipulate them into understanding what I thought they needed to know and how they needed to live. And if they could only understand this, this is their loved ones would be so amazing and this is not the truth and even dive deeper than that. It's coming from a place of ego and not pure of heart, right? So anytime that you have someone in your life that you're like, I need to show them the light. I need to wake them up. I need to make them see the error in their ways. You're actually a dickhead because this has nothing to do with their shit. This is all your egoic, narcissistic shit trying to find your self-worth in fixing other people. People are going to do whatever the fuck they're going to do. So just let them fucking do it with their bad Larry selves, okay? Stop getting all up in their Kool-Aid, not even knowing the flavor, okay? And then number three, refuse to get sucked into their crises. I have had many friends in the past. God bless them all. They used to call me all the time and they'd start complaining about shit, right? You all, all of us have this friend, right? That you see their number fucking like the number blow up on your phone. And you're like, oh no, this bitch, this is going to be a three hour fucking extravaganza. I am going to have to put on a fucking face mask, a robe. I'm going to have to let my titties hang because I need like total relaxation because this shit's going to send me over the edge. And those people are just users. They call you, they complain about their boyfriend. Oh, my boyfriend's dick is so crooked. I don't know, that's not my fucking problem. And then you have to listen about their boyfriend's crooked dicks for three freaking hours, and then guess what? They go back to them that same day. And then what happens? You just have, you're actually three hours closer to death because you just listened to that freaking bullshit, right? So they complain or, oh, my boyfriend's verbally abusive or they'll talk shit about another friend or like I have, Friends that will call me be like, oh, I'm fat and I'm eating and drinking too much. And then like, I'll be like, okay, let's get you on a meal plan. Let's get you like, you know, and then all of a sudden, two days later, you see them on Instagram and they're deep throating a baguette. They're literally deep throating a baguette, like freaking, <laughs> like Jenna Jameson style. You know, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So, you know, if it's free, usually people don't take it seriously. You know, so don't waste your freaking time. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're always going to go right back to the same fucking shit. And like I said before, you're three hours closer to death. Fuck that noise. You are a friend to love and support, not a fucking shrink getting $500 an hour to listen to their bullshit. Enough is enough. Number four, this one is so fucking hard. Owning your own shit in the relationship. So most toxic people, they try to expose your flaws and use them against you. Is everyone like shaking their fucking head right now? Like, oh yes, I know this person. 
So I once had this friend and I was friends with her for like 15 years and she was amazing. And I loved her so much. She was like, I looked at her like she was a sister and she got engaged to this dude that was pretty much like the last ditch effort in her life because her sister got engaged and got married and she was younger. So then she's like, well, I have to just like marry any Tom, Dick or Harry that just comes along. Even if he looks like a male version of Frida Kahlo, the eyebrows on this motherfucker, you have no idea. Okay. And and the problem is, right, like it was like an 18-month roller coaster from the time that they got engaged to the time they got married. It was literally an 18-month roller coaster into the depths of hell, into the depths of hell. Like remember in Beetlejuice, the waiting room where the guy had like a chicken bone in his neck and the like, guy like got bit by a shark and the girl's like green? That's where I was for 18 months waiting for this bitch to get married, okay? So not, and the problem was is nothing that I did at that moment – and throughout the whole entire 18 months of her like engagement, planning the wedding, the shower, all this stuff, it was never, ever, ever good enough for her. Ever. Nothing. And I have a self-worth problem. I will say it like it is. I have a self-worth problem. I work on this every day of my life. And she knew it. And she saw it. And she freaking smelt it like a shark smells blood in the water, right? And she just manipulated me for all this time. And let me back up. She didn't manipulate me. I allowed her to manipulate me for those, for those 18 months. So it was like, I was just her like, you know, beck and call bitch. It was like her engagement, her shower, her bachelorette party, the rehearsal dinner, the wedding. It was like a total, total fucking shit show. Like I remember they got in, they were going to get engaged and her husband calls me and was like, I need you and your husband to get on a plane right now and fly to Washington in 24 hours, Washington state and get on a ferry and go to this like lavender farm in the middle of nowhere. And I want you to hide on the ground on your stomachs. And when I propose to her, I want you just to pop out and be like, surprise. And I'm like, I own four fucking companies in between me and my husband. Like, I can't just get on a plane, like, in 24 hours to, like, pop out of a lavender fucking bush. Like, what the hell do you think that this is? Anna Green fucking Gables? Like, Jesus Christmas, right? And then after that, it was, like, her bachelorette party. So I couldn't go to her bachelorette party. That bitch didn't talk to me for two fucking months after her bachelorette party. And everyone came home with Zika. And I'm like... What, what the fuck is going on here? And you know, like when the girls go away in a party together and you know all those bitches were talking about you the whole fucking time, like not good. Then it was her wedding shower. And I was like, yo dude, like you really need to get a caterer. She was like having a hundred fucking people at her house in the middle of like July. It was like sweaty as balls that day. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a caterer. I show up there and I literally like get freaking an apron thrown at me and a fucking chef's hat, like the goddamn Swedish chef in the Muppets friggin' show. And I was like chopping and cooking for like fucking hours, sweating like a, a hooker in church. And all her family comes in and I'm like serving them soup out of like fucking shot glasses, like a goddamn gazpacho, like I'm friggin' Emerald goddamn Legacy. And the lady's like, oh my God, this soup is so good. What catering company are you from? And I'm like, bitch, I am in the wedding. I am in the wedding. Excuse me, what catering fucking company am I in? The, the two putas catering company, okay? The Portuguese princess catering company, obviously. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? And then it was the rehearsal dinner. So the whole freaking rehearsal dinner day was a shit show. It was just like so much stress, so much pressure. And at the rehearsal dinner, it was crazy because her sister was supposed to give the speech. And her sister was like, 
doesn't like her anyways, hates her. And she's like, fuck it, I'm not giving the speech. So I'm like 17 vodka sodas in, because that was like the only way I was even handling this whole entire weekend, is just to be blackout white girl wasted the entire weekend. And I'm in the freaking bathroom, like trying to put on lipstick. It's like freaking clown show all over my face. And the, the groom's mother walks in the bathroom. And she's like, Katie, Katie, you have to give the speech. Her sister won't give the freaking speech at the rehearsal dinner. I'm like, do you not see that I just wet myself and I have lipstick up to my ears? I mean, do you really think, you wanna give me a microphone and let me talk at this? Okay, bitch, you're taking this into your own hands. This is, this is Russian roulette at this point. But because I'm a true professional and I actually care about people, I really do, and I know this is like all funny, but I really did care about her. I got up there, I fucking jammed out with my clam out, man. That rehearsal speech, I was quoting fucking Rumi. I was on freaking point, let me tell you. And during the rehearsal speech, I had said, you know, we've had our ups and downs in our relationships, but we're sisters and we always come back. We always come back to home base. And that's what family is all about. And I remember like thinking I was the shit and the urine and like I went to go get my 18th vodka soda just to, you know, top off the night. And she came up to me and she goes, I cannot believe that you said that we have had our ups and downs in our relationship. Not that I just quoted a freaking Persian like love poet writer, okay? No, no, no. She All she heard was that thing. Nothing was ever fucking good enough. And then the, the day of the wedding, like I, can't, I don't even want to get into that shit because it was just so, so bad. But the reason why I'm telling you all this is because I know that each and every one of you in this room and each and every one of you listening from wherever in the world that you're listening has had or still has people like this in your life that, you know, expose your flaws, use them against you. Nothing is ever good enough. Every time you leave them, you feel worse about yourself and not better. Dude, that, you need to wake the fuck up. And honestly, there's so many amazing people that have come into my life since I got rid of this person. And it was not easy to excommunicate this person out of my life. It was so hard. We shared so many different friends together and different, you know, things from the past together. And I'm telling you right now, like my life has totally changed and I have this amazing group of people in my life that just accept me for who I truly am, flaws and all. Number five, unapologetically cut a bitch out. So part of being ambitious is about being a gangster. People think like spirituality is like Satnam, Namaste, let's do downward facing dog and like let's sage each other's assholes. Yeah, that's part of it. That's part of it. But part of being ambitious is about being a gangster. Sometimes after all else has failed, you just got to get a little menace to society, boys in the hood on their asses. It is so scary, but I did this a few times over the last year and it's a game changer. Legit telling someone that they can go suck donkey balls and go fuck themselves is a very spiritual thing to do. I'm serious. It really is. It's, it's a part of your spiritual awakening and how you communicate your spirit on this three-dimensional earth plane. And I was so afraid to be lonely and friendless. And then all this shit talking that people have done about me would be true. Like, that's what people get afraid of, right? They're like, if I stop being friends with these people, then all the people that tell, told these people that I was a piece of shit back in the day, they're going to be like, see, I told you so. She was a piece of shit. I told you. I told you. And I never wanted that to be right. But that's like egoic bullshit, right? So... You know, let's be honest, people have done so much to me in my life, and I'm sure that so many people have done so much to you. And honestly, loneliness is better for a short period of time, and it's way better than being around their sludge and their schmegma. Let's be honest. Does no, do people not know what schmegma is? Oh my God, it's like one of my favorite words. Number six, surround yourself with your peer groups. You need to really get raw and real about the people who you want to spend your free time with, whatever the fuck that that means. 
there are only so many hours in this thing we call life. And if you and everyone listening have the you know, ability to live 85 years to 85 years old, you only have 31,025 days to live. Isn't that like mind blowing? So that means if you live to your 85 years old, you only wake up and go to sleep 31,000 times, give or take. Isn't that nuts? Do you really want to waste time around people who you don't like, who you're trying to make you feel like shit and bring absolutely nothing to the table except low vibes and idiotic buffoonery? Exactly. <laughs> now go clean house on these low life motherfuckers. I'm serious. And if you want to follow me and get more ambitious than you already are, you can go to Facebook. It's Katie Boyd's Misfit Club, like my page, or you can follow me on Instagram at Katie Boyd's Misfit Club as well. And like I always say, see you next Tuesday. Ow, ow! Views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.